And what I discovered through my own stuff is that grading is the catalyst. It's the, it's the tipping point. So you can do flipping and you can do active learning and you can do all kinds of engagement strategies, but grading is all pervasive in the classroom today. It overlays everything. And I think it has some pieces that are needed and some things that are incredibly destructive. And it was getting in the way of literally everything. And so since I've switched my grading, and I know that's the experience of a lot of people in our community, everything else pulls with it. So suddenly the students begin to demand active learning. The students begin to demand communicating with me on my discipline or with you in your discipline. So everything that we're trying to do to reform education, for me, I think comes down to fixing the grading system. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of The Grading Podcast. My name is Robert Bosley. I'm one of your co-hosts, and with me, your other co-host, Sharon Okrinsky. Hello. So before we really get started with the podcast, I think we need to talk a little bit about ourselves and introduce ourselves and kind of talk about what brought us, um, you know, to really trying to reform and look at how we grade. So, Sharon, you want to go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Well, sure. Okay, so like Boz said, my name is Sharona. I am currently, as of the recording of this podcast, an adjunct faculty member at California State University, Los Angeles, in the math department. Uh, I have been teaching off and on for about 35 years now, but I'm really a second-generation math educator. So my mom, Eunice Krinsky, was a math educator, a full professor at California State University, Dominguez Hills. She got that job, I think, when I was 14. So I've been listening, or maybe I was 12, I'm not sure. I've been listening to the need to improve the way we teach mathematics at all levels, literally since I was a child. And when I went to get my PhD in math, which unfortunately I didn't finish, my goal was to change the way we teach math at the university level, at the higher ed level. And it didn't, I didn't finish. Getting a, a PhD in pure mathematics, it just wasn't for me. So I left the, I left academia and I went and I did some other things. And then I came back to academia in 2015 when I got the job at Cal State Los Angeles. And right around 2016, I was getting very frustrated because I knew a lot about active learning and flipped learning and I was really committed to my students and nothing was working. And I was handed some new classes to teach. Uh, Calculus 2, I think, is the one I first got. And so I was sort of rummaging around on the internet thinking, how the heck am I going to make this work? Because the active learning, it just kind of wasn't working for me the way that I had heard it worked for other people. And I was still having these really negative interactions with students. And I ran across a couple of blog posts, Josh Bowman, Kate Owens, who you know we'll probably talk to later on as we go through this podcast. And I came across this thing called standards-based grading and the book Specifications Grading by Linda Nielsen. And what I discovered is that my grading system was destroying everything I was trying to do with my students. Um, it just, it wasn't working because no matter what feedback I gave them, no matter 
what lessons I tried to get them to do in the classroom and get engaged with the mathematics. At the end of the day, every conversation I have with my students was, how do I get another point? How, how come I got seven out of 10? How come I got eight out of 10? Grading was a nightmare. I hated it. It was boring. It was tedious. It was inconsistent. And so I thought, you know what, why not try this thing? I'm not really sure how it works, but I'm going to try it. So I kind of jumped in feet first, head first, whole body first, whatever you want to call it. And I converted three classes in my very first semester. Um, and I think I almost died. I was drowning in reassessments. It was hellacious. And it was the best experience I'd ever had in the classroom in over 30 years of teaching. And I just, I never went back. And then I'm going to let you tell your origin story because after that is when our journey together kind of started. All right. So um, I've not been teaching quite as long as you have, but I have been in the high school setting um, teaching in the Los Angeles Unified School District since 2005, then started teaching at um, Cal State LA as well in 2019. And my journey took a couple of um, different paths, but it really started with um, a student of mine, and he knows I'm going to do this, so uh, the student's name was Danny Flores. Um, He's one of those students that most teachers just love to have. You know, it didn't always come super easy, but he worked. I mean, this kid would not stop. He didn't let anything get in his way. He worked his butt off no matter what it took to get the material. I mean, like I said, he's just one of those ideal students. And if you ask me to bet on a student that was not going to struggle in college and was, you know, going to be just fine, I would have put everything I had on him. Uh, He did end up going to uh, UC Irvine um, right out of high school. And to my shock, he really did struggle. Um, And in fact, a couple of years after graduation, um, and some frustration by him, he posted on social media how Santee Education Complex, the the high school we were at, prepared him for junior college, but not for college. And I took this really personally, but at the same time, I also met two people, uh, Dr. Lynn Ceballos and Dr. Pedro Ceballos with College Bridge. This is a nonprofit organization that their, their main goal was to bridge the gap, especially in mathematics education, from high school to college. And they brought me in um, to do this dual enrollment program, which was incredibly successful. And it really kind of showed me that just because things were done in a certain way and we've been doing them, that that's necessarily the best way. So I really started to broaden my, my um, pedagogy and really started to do a lot of reading. Um, came across a, a couple of books, um, one of them, Whatever It Takes by uh, the DeFores, that really started me rethinking everything about education, the whole system, how it works. And like I said, I took a couple of different journeys that eventually led me to grading and really led me to Joe Feldman's book, um, Grading for Equity, where I started questioning everything about grading. And oddly enough, that's about the time you and I met um, through that same uh, dual enrollment program through College Bridge. Right, because I came into College Bridge in 2016. And so I met you 
And of course, I was scared of you <laughs> that first year, because here I am coming in as the college professor into a program that you designed. And yet I felt awkwardly like I was supposed to be in charge. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Sorry, Lynn. I didn't know what I was doing the first year. I mean, I knew the math. I was able to teach the statistics, but I was trying to come into a program and I didn't understand. I mean, it was still worked, but I didn't get what was going on exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we, you came in year three of the program, year four yeah, of the year program. Three, um, and like I said, we'd already had a lot of success, but you were going to redesign this course for the college level. Well, I didn't know that at 2016. I found that out in 2017. Okay, so yeah, we, we go forward to 2017 because we didn't we redesigned the high school part the same time we did the college part, didn't we? Yeah, well, so in 2017, we were still, 2017, 2018 school year, we were still running with the old model. That's when the chancellor's office of the California State University System issued what's called Executive Order 1110, saying that by the fall of 2018, all of the Cal States had to remove remedial mathematics from uh, the requirement for the Cal States, which was one of the main points of the dual enrollment program. Yeah, we, we were showing that we could take high school students um, with some support and have them going directly into a college-level math course. And we were doing this with students that were very likely to have to not only do the remedial, but probably start at the lowest level of remedial. So at Cal State LA, I believe that was three classes that they would have had to take. Right. And we were showing that, you know, with these extra supports, um, that no, they, th those classes, those remedial classes that was supposed to be, you know, aiding the students to getting college ready was actually becoming one of the biggest barriers for students to finish. Exactly. So I have, so for me, I have two things going on. I'm in the SLAM program, the dual enrollment program with you, and we're seeing a way that remediation is not needed. Simultaneously, I'm starting to do standards-based grading in my higher level classes, calculus two, pre-calculus, calculus three. So I'm seeing unbelievable engagement with mathematics on the parts of engineers and mathematicians. And then I get handed this job of redesigning the the very course that you and I are teaching in but now to remove remediation so I have these two factors coming together in a confluence and at first I wasn't going to bring the grading in we talked about this that we just needed to bring essentially what we learned from teaching it in the dual enrollment environment and bring it to the university and then I went to that poly teach um uh one day conference at Cal State uh, Pomona, Cal, Cal Poly Pomona. And I heard Uri Treisman speak, uh, you know, from the head of the Dana Center in, at UT Austin. And he said that the only kind of innovation that really sticks is disruptive innovation. And I went, oh, shiitake mushrooms. Because I know we're trying to keep this mostly clean on this podcast. Um, but he said, you really got to go big or go home. It's the only way it sticks. So I went back. I think I told you first, but I went back to the university and I talked to my co-coordinator for the statistics class, Dr. Sylvia Hoybach, and I said, Sylvia, sit down. Uh, I want to try to persuade you of something. And I talked her into trying to um, take this class, or not trying, succeeding in taking this statistics class, which is going to be coordinated. It was going to have like 15 instructors in it. I think at this point, we usually have between 40 and 50 sections of it in the fall. I said, we need to take this to standards-based grading. And she kind of looked at me and went, all right, let's try it. 
So, um, and it wasn't just 40 sections at the Cal State level or the Cal State LA level. At that time, we also had three three high schools in the dual enrollment with, I think, a total of five or six classes between the right. three different schools. And, you know, this was also about the time that I was just finishing um, that Joe Feldman book, Grading for Equity. So when you came to me with it, I'm like, yeah, I just got the reading. I, I, I'm ready to do this, even though neither one of us had any clue what we were doing. Well, I had done it. Um, but I had died doing it, so I knew that I didn't want to quite do what I did the first time. Um, but I was sold because I, t- I think I told you, the conversations, that, that was the biggest difference for me. And, and the pass rates, too, quite frankly. One of the things that always bothered me, teaching calculus at a place like Cal State LA, is I didn't want to punish the students for holes in their background, right? When they came to me and their algebra skills were just not that great, I didn't want to hold them back if they knew the calculus. So I was accepting algebra level of work that I didn't like. And that was that was really hard. And then once I started doing this stuff, I was able to first disaggregate and I could have an algebra skill and I could have a calculus skill. And it was okay to to assess on both of them. But it was a lot easier to disaggregate and be like, I'm looking for this specific evidence. And then I thought I could bring that to the statistics. Yeah. And the details of exactly how you did that will be, you know, part of one of our later episodes where we really dive into the nuts and bolts of how you do this. Um, but yeah, so you had done that. You've decided that we want to try to do this with the, um, 1090. Actually, I don't even know if it was called 1090 yeah, back was. then. Was it? Uh, yeah, well, it was 109 it was before 109. the semester conversion. And then we went through semester conversion. Okay. So it became 1090. So you decided, you know, you wanted to try to do this. Um, you kind of came to me. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm I'm on board. Um, so let's try to do it. And that's kind of where our both our origin stories started and where our paths came together, um, which I haven't been able to get rid of you since, but <laughs> <laughs> or vice versa, one way or the other. Exactly. Now, so that's 2018, but we're here in 2023 recording it. So how the heck did we get to a podcast? Like, why are, why did you say yes when I <laughs> asked you? Well, I, actually, before we, we get into that, um, there is a little bit of vocabulary that I think we need to address head on. Okay. Um, because when we started this, this had a different name. <laughs> Right. So do you, do you want to address kind of sure. the language part of this? Right. So when I was first introduced to standards-based grading, it also, it and other forms went by the term mastery-based grading. And it, that language is still around. So like if you use an LMS system that is at all compatible with alternative grading, um, it tends to use the word mastery. So if you use Canvas, for example, it uses the language of mastery. And so, so I tend Schoology. to use the word mastery a lot. And you and I are coming from mathematics, which is you know highly in the STEM fields. So there's definitely a, a, a sense in our discipline of actually achieving a certain level of proficiency in a discrete skill. So this idea of you've mastered something when you can properly use this thing in a problem and get the final answer correct, there's a lot of tendency towards that language. But what happened is, you know, some people in our community started pushing back on the on the term mastery. Now, what did you hear about that? Well, it, 
you know, the first time I really experienced that kind of um, pushback was actually at um, the grading conference, which you and I both sit on as um, organizers, which anyone that really wants to see how this is done, you should you should go to um, the conference I go to that website. We just finished a phenomenal um, fourth year conference. Right. And we'll drop the link to that in the show notes. But you know, it's the gradingconference.com, not the hardest URL. Yeah. <laughs> um, but th- during that, um, I think it was year two, maybe, um, of the conference. It was the first time I'd ever heard kind of any of that that pushback against the language. Um, and then shortly after, um, my district, LA, LA Unified School District, actually changed, changed the name from what they were calling it, which was uh, Mastery Grading and Learning, to equitable grading and instruction. So that's kind of where I started hearing the the pushback. Right. And and I heard it in two ways. So one is this is right around the time that computer science was grappling with some of their historical language of master computer and slave computer. So they were really having an issue with that master slave language. We got some pushback internally about the word mastery relating to master and, and, and acknowledging the historical injustices that have been done in our community of mathematics as well as STEM. We also got a lot of pushback because uh, a lot of people like, well, does anyone really master anything in freshman, sophomore, junior level mathematics? I mean, for, for decades we've said, when do you learn calculus the first time you teach it? Like that's a very common joke, quote yeah. unquote, in our world. And so the issue becomes, but what else do you call it? You know, who decides what is mastery of, of something? And is it mastery? We, and I mean, we just heard this amazing keynote by Dr. Lindsay Maslin that said that maybe mastery is not the point of grading. So, I mean, there's all of this stuff about language. So as we go through the podcast, we will bring up, I think, probably all the different terms because there's... Oh, yeah, there, there's a ton of them. And we will definitely actually dive into because there are some differences in the terms. There's not just different terms, but there are actual um, differences and the, you know, the nuts and bolts of how you do, like looking at ungrading compared to specs compared to standards base. Um, so it's not just a difference of language, but it, it is well, also and even issues like equitable grading. I mean, mm-hmm. as we're going to discuss in our in our episode on equity coming up in a few weeks, it's not inherently equitable. It has the potential to be more equitable with intentionality. But we've all made the mistake of accidentally reintroducing inequitable behaviors in our grading system and practices. So just understand if you're listening to the podcast and you're wondering what all this stuff is, it is still a bit messy, which led me a couple of years ago when we were first thinking about what to call the the conference, because I think the first conference was called the Mastery Grading Conference. And it might even be the first two. We changed it to the grading conference and we changed it to the grading podcast because that's sort of our aspirational goal. Our aspirational goal is to get grading to be an examined and intentional practice that has best practices and that is not what we currently experience in traditional points and percentage-based grading. So that that's a great um, kind of leeway into now that we've talked a little bit about ourselves let's talk some about the podcast. Like what, what is the point of this podcast and what are our, what are our goals in trying to do this? What are we hoping to accomplish? 
Well, I haven't figured out yet why you said yes when I brought this up, but I can tell you that my goal personally is, is literally to try to change the world. Um, you know, again, I'm a second generation math educator. I'm a third generation educator. My great aunt, so my mom's aunt, was an educator. So we've been committed to education for over 100 years in my family. And what I discovered through my own stuff is that grading is the catalyst. It's the, it's the tipping point. So you can do flipping and you can do active learning and you can do all kinds of engagement strategies, but grading is all pervasive in the classroom today. Yep. It overlays everything. And I think it has some pieces that are needed and some things that are incredibly destructive and it was getting in the way of literally everything. And so since I've switched my grading, and I know that's the experience of a lot of people in our community, everything else pulls with it. So suddenly the students begin to demand active learning. The students begin to demand communicating with me on my discipline or with you in your discipline. So everything that we're trying to do to reform education, for me, I think comes down to fixing the grading system. Yeah, because um, that was it's kind of the same thing I was experiencing is that no matter what I was doing, the grading without me realizing it at first was a barrier. Like it was undermining a lot of the things I was trying to do. And again, without really realizing, cause I hadn't started to examining the grading because it was, it's the grading we, you know, I went through, it was the grading that uh, the only kind of grading I've ever seen, you know, you, got 10 questions, you get eight of them right, you've got an 80%, you get enough of those 80%, you get a B. I mean, that's... <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I mean, and you even said, I mean, you've got your master's degree in curriculum and instruction. You've got a bachelor's degree in, edu in math education. How many assessment courses did you take in your career? Yeah, I, I you know, I never took grading 101. And quite honestly, you and I have been doing a lot of these trainings, um, not only in California, but uh, um, across the country since um, pandemic. And I've asked this question and I've had like three people that have ever said they've taken any kind of course. And I mean, we've literally hundreds, if not close to a thousand educators that we've talked to now. Oh, well over a thousand with the grading conference and everything. Oh yeah, counting the grading conference are well over. But um, yeah, like I said, I, I've talked to three people that have ever taken any kind of grading, you know, actual course in their undergrads. Um, right. And well, and the other thing that I wanted to do with the podcast is, you, like you've said, we've done a ton of trainings. We've got one launching probably in, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be the following week, give or take, where we do 30 hours of intensive training with, with faculty or with instructors, with teachers, and it's not even close to enough. It, it, this topic is so big and it takes time. So I wanted to do a podcast so that no matter where people were in their individual grading journeys, they could come into the podcast, listen to it in whatever order makes sense, because there are 70 million entry points into this process, you know, uh, and not to mention the fact that every single person does it differently, because one of the things that we've uncovered in this process is how grading really is a personal reflection of an individual instructor's value systems, belief systems, ways of thinking, processes. And so everybody has to customize this. So you don't start at the same place. The place I started, which was jump off the deep bend three weeks before the semester and convert three classes, is other people's definition of hell on earth. 
And I think it most might be most people's definition of insanity, but <laughs> well, we know that about me. <laughs> yeah, and and you know that's similar to some of the things I'm hoping to achieve with this podcast. But I also want, um, you know, between the two of us, we've been using alternative um, grading systems now for what twelve years yeah. between the two of us, and. There is a lot of bumps along the way. You know, our, our both of our, the first time we did it in, in our dual enrollment statistics class, it was a disaster. Um, and yet it was still better. That's what I say, but, disaster, yet better than traditional points and percentages. But I, I'm hoping with this podcast to not only look at the theory, but also give some practical um, experience, both from us and from our guests, and not to sugarcoat, you know, some of this. There are a lot of mistakes that can be made. And there's a lot of things that almost seems like it has to be made, you know, to figure out this. So that's what one of the things I'm hoping with this podcast that we're able to do that I'm not seeing a lot of with all of the, the research and the readings, which, you know, as a base are and as a theory are great, but I, I want to get into the nuts and bolts. I want, you know, the experience of people doing this. Um, one of our keynotes from a couple of years ago in the grading conference was Robert Ta um, Talbert and talking about how many different ways he's done this. And, you know, that's okay. I, and I don't want people to understand that because a lot of times the newer practitioners, the first year or two is, is not good and, and they give up on it. And that's one of the things I'm hoping with this podcast is that it's a little bit of a lifeline to help people keep going until they figure it out. And also another reason to do it right now is it's gaining traction, but it's gaining traction. traction, traction, and it's gaining press attention. And we're already getting the, you're all doing it wrong. Yep. Messages. And we're also getting people super excited to do it and not wanting to really do the deep dive piece. So the goal here with this podcast is to, we have essentially infinite amount of time. You know, the podcast is supposed to be about an hour once a week. We can and should take the time to really delve deeper into the topics. So whether it's delving deeper into theory in one episode or delving deeper, like really dive deep into the very practicalities. I know that we're going to be talking about the four pillars. We can hopefully go really, really deep into us different disciplines. We're going to have different guests on from different disciplines. So those of you that may know us already, this is not a higher education focused podcast. It's not a STEM focused. It's it's all of it. We want to do K through 16. We want to do all disciplines, but we're not experts in all disciplines. So we're yeah, going to be so, bringing, so we're going to be bringing a, a lot of different um, guests and a lot of different co-hosts in um, because you, yes, you and I both are um, mathematics educators. Um, you've got some experience in, in K-12. I've got more experience, but not nearly as much in the, in the higher ed, but we don't want this to be one or the other. We we do really want this to be a K through 16 um, STEM and humanities um, focus. So, and it, they do look different. That is one of the things with um, alternative grading. Um, it can look very different from a math class to an English class to a science class. It can look very different from an algebra one to a, you know, theories um, or intro to theories and proofs. Yeah, I mean, I personally teach three different classes regularly. I teach history of math, linear algebra, and statistics. And those three classes have different 
versions of grading based on the content. So we, we want to be all things and yet it's, we're not gonna be able to be all things all at once. So I think on each episode, we will try to mention, you know, where the focus is, or we might be speaking from different perspectives because for example, when we do episodes on buy-in, there's going to be a whole category of buy-in that you are going to talk about that I really know nothing about. And that's going to be parents Yep. because I can't talk to parents uh, legally as a college instructor without the permission of the student. I don't talk to parents and yet they're a big part of your world. Yeah. In the um, K to 12 world, it, you know, parents are, you know, the second biggest um, shareholder group, you know, next to, next to students. But yeah, it, it's completely different with the higher ed where it goes from almost as large of a share group um, from students down to nothing. And that's why, but then when it comes to disciplines, you know, there are certain principles that will go across disciplines, but the implementations can be very different. So I know one of our first guests is also going to be someone who's done this in English. And, you know, mm -hmm. that is going to bring a different perspective, but I think we can learn from each other. And that's what we're hoping to do. That's the kind of community we're hoping to build with this podcast. And um, I think it's gonna be really exciting. Yeah, so, um, and a couple of things for, for those that are joining us. Um, we will put some links in the show notes to both our website, but also the grading conference website. Put some of the uh, reading links to some of the readings. Um, there are some great readings out there that we'll be talking a lot more about in some of the later episodes. Um, but we'll put some of those in there. So if you wanted to start reading, you could. So Boz, one last question I have for you. Okay. Of all the things we've talked about today um, for the podcast, what are you most excited to get to bring to the listeners in this, in this format that we're really not able to bring elsewhere? We have limited amount of time. And whether, whatever group we're with, um, time is always an issue. So doing this with this format, we'll be able to go a lot more deeper into um, each of our topics. And our listeners, whatever thing they need, they can go to. Like, you don't need to go through a 30-hour MMA course. Um, MAA. MAA. Did I, did I call it MMA you again? did. MAA. It's not the mixed martial arts, and we're keeping this part in. Yes. <laughs> the, the Math Association of America. Yeah. So you're, you're not having to go through a whole 30-hour course when, you know, it's three hours of that that is the part you really needed. Um so I'm really excited about that. I'm extremely excited and nervous and um, hoping I learn as much by branching out into some of the other, you know, the other disciplines. Like I said, uh, I'm really looking forward to the idea of having, you know, a, a bunch of different people from worlds that we're not used to. Um, so we're also learning, you know, we're becoming better at this craft um, as we do this. I think some of the things I'm most excited about, I mean, you and I have talked about it. We're both big podcast listeners and not everybody is, but not everybody's, you know, some people really need an audio format and it's just too hard. Like I'm a huge reader, huge reader, but my life has gotten so busy. I don't get to read anymore. Yeah. I do, however, do audiobooks, And so, as someone who loves one format and I learn well from reading, but I don't have the capacity, 
having the ability to put this in an audio format to speak to people. And then I know a lot of people for whom reading is not their thing and they much prefer an audio format. So I love the diversity. This is going to be supplemented, I'm sure, by a lot of the work we do at the grading conference. Um, I love the diversity. And then, like you said, I love the time element that we get to space this out. Yeah. 30 hours of a, an intense workshop is a lot. Two days at the grading conference feels like a fire hose. Yeah, and is. there's just so many ideas flying this way and that way. And one of the things we're realizing is that every one of us who is an educator not only has 13 years of K-12 instruction under our belts with traditional grading, we have a minimum of four years of college instruction, plus possibly a graduate degree, plus whatever classrooms we are in ourselves. I mean, for myself, I have, what, 48 years or something <laughs> like that of indoctrination into traditional grading, into points and percentages. And as a mathematician, I can at least explain the math behind a points and percentages system. A lot of people can't. So it's a little bit scary to try to break away from that. And I'm hoping to be able to give people the courage and the knowledge that's needed to break that programming. But it's intense. It is. That program it is, is very, much. very intense. And I know we have some episodes planned where we're going to talk about some of the hidden stuff buried in our grading system too. So I'm excited to get to really delve into this and to be honest and open and have on guests that are willing to be honest and open. All right. So I, I think this is probably a good stopping point for this one. Um, please do join us um, next week when we really start looking at um, traditional grading and why why do we need this alternative grading form? Like most of us have experienced, the, you know, the the percentages and the points. Um, most educators, if we're an educator, means we probably were successful in this kind of model. So really starting to look at why we even need this. So that that'll be coming up in our next episode. And also, um, I wanted to just close with, if you are someone who is currently practicing alternative grading of any form, and you'd like to consider us uh, being a guest on a podcast, you can contact us on our website, thegradingpod.com. There's a contact us. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any comments you want to share with us about this episode or future episodes, we look forward to uh, seeing you around the pod. All right. So we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Please share your thoughts and comments about this episode by commenting on this episode's page on our website, www.thecreatingpod.com. Or you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. If you would like to suggest a future topic for the show or would like to be considered as a potential guest for the show, please use the Contact Us form on our website. The Grading Podcast is created and produced by Robert Bosley and Sharona Krinsky. The full transcript of this episode is available on our website.